to organize your amazing ideas into a powerful book, you are in the right place. At the right time to learn how to write your book. Hi, I'm Joyce Glass. And I'm Sherry Lynn Bisbano, and welcome to The Right Hour, nonfiction tips from The Right Coach Team. We are so glad you joined us today. Welcome to episode 1306 of The Right Hour. I am so glad you've joined us today. Are you debating whether to self-publish or traditionally publish your book? Our guests today, Roy Huff and Gail Murphy, share the pros and cons of self-publishing. But before I go there and talk about our guests, I wanted to let you know something about the Right Hour podcast. We are moving to a live stream each week in January. You'll be able to watch live on our Facebook page, in our Facebook group, or on YouTube, and have all your writing questions answered live. I will post the replays on our site, therightcoach.biz, or you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. I will put the link to the YouTube channel in the show notes. If you're not on our email list, please join and you'll be notified of my guest each week. Then I'm, and I'm going to see how this goes, but somewhere down the road, I may come back to podcasting or somehow have the live streams audio put on the podcast like I've been doing this season. We'll just see how it goes, but I wanted to test this out and see how I like it and see how the, the tribe likes it. And if you like it, then it's something definitely I will continue doing, but Back to our guest. Roy Huff is a Hawaii-based author, research scientist, and teacher. He stumbled into writing, but what he didn't stumble into is his love of all things science fiction and fantasy. Despite his challenging youth, or perhaps because of it, he embraces optimism, science, and creativity. He dreams of traveling into space and discovering the secrets of the universe, but until then, he makes Hawaii his home, where he creates new worlds with the stroke of a pen. Listen to how he successfully self-published seven books so far while working full-time. Gail Murphy is a media entrepreneur, a media expert, and an award-winning Hollywood correspondent, media and presentational coach, speaker, and author of the interview tactics, How to Survive Media Without Getting Clobbered, The Insider's Guide to Giving a Killer Interview, Gail has taken what she knows about crafting a great story the media and the consumer will devour and put it to work for the average business executive, corporate spokesperson, creative entrepreneur, author, expert, or inventor. As a media expert, she can tell you what makes a great news story, a killer pitch, how to successfully work with the media, what they really want from an interview, and how to create killer sound bites and pitches. It's that expertise that motivated her to write her book, Interview Tactics, How to Survive the Media Without Getting Clobbered, The Insider's Guide to Giving a Killer Interview. You can find the link to her book in the show notes. You may want to listen to this episode a couple of times because every time I listen to, some, to it, I catch something new. So I know you will too. So enjoy and we'll see you in the new year live. So I am so excited tonight. Keith has another stellar lineup um, for our Wisdom Wednesday. And you are going to hear Roy just as I am. I've never met Roy. So Roy has done self-publishing and Gail Murphy's here. And she's going to, both of them are going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of self-publishing. And uh, we have, again, our around the globe. Uh, Keith is in Australia. Roy, did I hear him say correctly you're in Hawaii? Yes, that's right. Awesome. So what time is it there now? Uh, it's 2.08 p.m. Ah, so you're still in the afternoon. It's 7 here. So. <laughs> and Gail, you're out in Los Angeles. Is that correct? Yes, and it's uh, 8.08. I'm, I'm sorry, it's 4.08. <laughs> 4.08. I'll like, say, uh, you're not an hour ahead of us. <laughs> That's good. Well, I'm so glad to have you here, and we're going to be talking about um, the self-publishing. So, Keith, take it away. 
Well, look, I, I just I just love what we're doing here. I, every time we do a show, it's slightly different. So Roy is talking about his two, uh, five fiction books, his five fiction books, his non-fiction book, his audio books, how he's using uh, Amazon and why self-publishing is the gun because he's in complete control of his writing destiny. Mm -hmm. But, of course, he has to do the work. So he's going to talk about both sides, the advantages and the disadvantages. Gail has written a book. She's self-published that. We're going to talk about that. This show is all about how to market yourself as a writer. The group is all about that. So, Roy, I want to start with you, and I want to talk firstly about the, the list of things you've done. But you've done both fiction and nonfiction, and you've self-published. I really want to... I hear from you, what are the advantages of self-publishing and why did you choose that? I just want to work <laughs> you through some of what uh, Roy's been doing. First of all, he has a series of science fiction-inspired uh, fiction books which have come out, of course, as traditional books, but they've also been narrated as audio books, which is another really great idea <laughs> for the, the world of writing. He's got a, a non-fiction book, which he also has had narrated, and he has been using a medium, which is a blogging platform, which he has had great success with, and if we can get his sound to work, we'll get him back. So while Roy is finding out what's happening with his audio, let's talk about Gail's brand new gig in, in Redondo <laughs> Beach, California. Can you tell me about what's going on here tomorrow? Well, um, I, um, this is um, the source of this is the Greater Los Angeles Writer Society. So they produce uh, a real, real thorough variety of different uh, conferences with great frequency, which is great. And I've been speaking um, at their conferences for years. I'm speaking at their at their conferences for years because I teach CEOs and showbiz pros and authors and experts and entrepreneurs basically how to tell it to sell it. Who you are, what you're selling, why do I need it, where can I get it? And it's about engagement. It's about getting people to know you. It's like, you know, we live in a world right now armed with a couple of cell phone, a couple of smartphones uh, and some social media accounts were broadcasting bigger and badder than uh, ABC News and BBC. And, yeah. and seriously, what is it that you want people to know about you, that you just ate a donut? You know, so we need to like walk off because... You, you've come on the show a few times to talk about this, uh, Gail. I really want to pick up on this. You've just said there. You've got the world listening. Do you want to tell them you're eating a donut? You've got the, you've got the, the chance to really tell your story. Mm -hmm. So why not play that game? How do, how do we do it? What, why is that so important now? Well, because um, the, the thing is people don't buy from you. If they don't know you, they, they don't buy. They, even if they know you, people buy the experience of you. They buy yeah. your story. Yeah. They buy your journey is really what they do. So be generous and forthcoming with your journey and, and what it was like. It's, you know, let's get real people. What was it really like? It wasn't like you just walked into town and they gave you a contract. We, you know, we want to know how you had to work in a shoe store. And six months ago, you were saying, do you want fries with that? That's what we want. I remember when I interviewed The Rock, and it was sometime in the middle of the um, of the interview, because I always like to dive deep. And it's like, okay, so give me an, an example of what you were doing six years ago. And he started to cry because he was uh, homeless. He was living in a friend's garage. And he hadn't had all the success, but he, you know, soldiered on. He knew, he knew that, you know, success would come. That endeared me to him. Yeah. I emotionally yeah. bought into him. I felt what he was feeling. You can't buy that. You can't fake it. You can't right. generate it. And you can't press a button. All you can do is be in your truth. And that's the world we live in right now is our truth. Because people don't 
buy from you. What they do is they emotionally invest in you. They buy your story. Yeah, because they buy your story. They buy yeah. your story, don't they? That's what they do. That's what they do. So if you don't want to get clobbered by the media, you really just want to put it out there. Now, that doesn't mean that you actually go out there and just blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's a lot to do. You know, the media is sound bites, talking points, it's snippets, it's um, knowing how to present yourself. Mm. Do you want so, to pick up on this, Joyce? I think we've got uh, Roy back here with us. So I'm going to come yeah. back to Roy, but do you want to pick up on this, Joyce? And we've had Joy, we've had uh, Gail on the show a few times, but it's it's always very fascinating to hear these 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 real stories about what, how writers can get themselves out there. Yeah, it is, and I love what you said about the rock because um, it it gives us hope for those that are still back in the trenches. That you know if he can go from there to where he's at now, which is amazing. It's hard to imagine him in that a place where he's living out of somebody's garage. You know, it's it's hard to imagine somebody with that talent was ever in that mm. position. And, you know, it's the same thing when with writers. If you are honest about your story, people want to hear your story. And you may think, well, my story's boring. And it, but to other people, it's probably not because they want to know what did you have to do to get where you were going. I mean, yeah. mine is nothing, much, nothing grand, but I worked as an office manager for a, um, um, what do you call it, Ophthal ophthalmologist while I was writing my first book. And he knew, and that was a nice thing, he knew I had goals and plans to write and eventually leave. And that was, you know, not all businesses and companies are as welcoming to that, to that idea. Yeah. Some of them don't want you doing other things like that. But if you, you know, can, if you, you know, a lot of people, you still have to work when you're writing. Where did you work when you were, or, I mean, I'm assuming you you write full time now. Um, or are you still working or how did it work for you? For me? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so I do have a day job. I'm a teacher. I teach chemistry and uh, biology. Oh, wow. I've worked as a research scientist. Um, I started writing when I was working on my fourth and fifth degree, and uh, I just it kind of turned into writing. It was, it was unintentional. Um, mm -hmm. So I never had the intent to write as a career, um, mm -hmm. I, but I just decided that it was something that I wanted to do and wanted to continue to do and to improve. Um, and so I think it's possible that I could stop working if I really wanted to. Um, I think I'm at the point now where I have enough multiple streams of income. Um, mm. I, I might have to like downsize a little bit if I wanted to do that, but I, I right now I'm not planning on it. I mean, I, I love teaching and you know, part of the reason that I teach is the same reason that I write. Uh, so, but I, I, yeah, I think everybody can, um, can do both and they have to do both at some point. Um, mm -hmm. but I think you just have to have the courage to keep going and that's the main thing. Right. Yeah. Well, can I look, can I pick up on that? I want to pick up on the idea that you're working a day job, which you love and you're writing, which you love and that you could possibly with multiple streams of income. And this is what I really want to pick up on. Let me pick up on this idea. You are, we have two graphics here from two variations of your time travel series, but you actually have five fiction books, which you've then turned into audio books. And you've got a non-fiction book, which you turned into an audio book. Can you, can you explain that process and how the multiple streams of income mean that if you wanted to, with a little bit of downsizing, you could possibly make a, a reasonable living from your writing. How did you do it? Because like The Rock, you know, you, you started somewhere and you've got to a point. How, can you tell that story? Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, it's it's you know, Lao Tzu that says, it, you know, the journey of a, a thousand miles begins with one step, right? I mean, that's what you have to do. You just have to put one foot in front of the other and you have a, a, an idea of a destination where you want to go and you just keep going. And, you know, with writing, you know, you've mentioned that there's multiple pieces that you have to put together. And so that's what you do. You start with the first piece, which is writing the book. 
you know. And actually, for me, I kind of like skipped a little bit. I started writing the book, and I had about 30 pages. And, you know, I, because this was an accident, I, you know, I had kind of had it in the back of my mind. Okay, you know, I'm going to write this. And over the course of two years, I had written about 30 pages. And it was like no, maybe November of 2012, I read this book, uh, How I Sold Like six million copies on Amazon by John Locke. Uh, and then I was going uh, the traditional route. I was planning on like, you know, getting a, an agent and then doing the whole thing. Um, and then I read the book and, you know, I just like, I can do this. Like, yeah. I can do, I know yeah. I can do this. I had no doubt in my mind that I could do it. And so that day I set up a Goodreads account, a Twitter account. I set up my own website, and I hired Demonza to do the cover art for the book that I hadn't written. And so I basically, you know, put myself out there and said, "I'm going to have this book, you know, in 30 days." And so, and you had the trust, didn't you? you had the trust that it was going to get done. You did, you did the artwork ahead of time, knowing full well that it was going to get done. And you, you know, you told the universe effectively, "This is where I'm going." Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, you can tell yourself you're going to do something and then, you know, you just procrastinate. So by putting myself out there was a way to, to hold myself accountable. And I think, you know, we need accountability. Um, and that's one way to do it is to tell people that you're going to do it. And so you have that accountability and so it forces you to write. Now, I'm not necessarily you know, telling you to go and do that. Uh, but for me, I knew that I could get it done. And you have to kind of know yourself and know what you're capable of and, and what you can do. Uh, so you have to, you know, you know, do it on your own terms. Uh, but, you know, you can take that accountability, you know, down a notch and you can customize it to, you know, whatever way you want to. Um, but that's when I decided to look at the marketing. And so I kind of just jumped in. I jumped in and started mm -hmm. looking at all of the different aspects of the marketing that I was going to need to do. Uh, and so just one piece at a time, that's what I did. And... Um, you know, I was really active on good good reads initially. I did a lot of like free promotions and, and all that kind of stuff. I had the yeah. newsletters up, and I mean, I did everything. Uh, and then I had the, the the book published. I think it was like uh, early February of 2013. Uh, and then I said, okay, I'm going to do a series, <laughs> and I'm going to do another one. And <laughs> so that's what I did. And I came out pretty quick with the second one. So the first and the second one, I had a pretty short turnaround. And took me a while to get the third one out, um, maybe another year or so. Um, but that's what you just, you know, you have to do. You have to, to write, and then you have to iterate. And that's the key thing. Some people don't iterate. You know, you have, have you always been this deliberate in your life? Yes. <laughs> Can you yeah. pick up on that, Gail? Yeah, you did a somewhat similar thing. How did you do it? How do I do it? Well, I... Uh, uh, I've come to peace with my um, my drawbacks. I've been in a situation where I don't even want to talk about it because I know I'm never going to do it. Um, so I just I try to be honest with myself. But a lot of it has to do with what I feel inside of me. Sometimes I can just see it as clear as a bell, and and there's no way I need to even confer with another person about it. It's just, yep, it's yep. already real for me. And so I, I get that. I wasn't thinking about writing a book, but a friend of mine who was not a friend of mine, I didn't know him then, he came to my seminar in Orange County, and uh, we talked in the parking lot for some time afterwards, and he said, you're going to write a book. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's never going to happen, like, ever. <laughs> um, and uh, a year later, I had a book, and he helped me with it, helped me put it together, he helped me with just absolutely everything I could possibly want. Um, and did you self-publish it, or did you find a publisher? I self-published it. Okay. And so do you see that as a major advantage in that context or would you have preferred to have published it professionally, uh, sensibly, but, you know, in, in the traditional way? Well, you know what? Because I work in the entertainment industry, it's so – there's so many rules. And when it rules. comes to so many rules, it's so – you know what? I – I didn't want to. I didn't want to play in their sandbox. I just didn't. Okay. 
they didn't know me. Um, and you know, when I went, when I left ABC and I went to work for BBC, I think we've talked about this. I didn't want to stay with um, ABC because the person that I was going to be working under had never done my job. Yeah. And I didn't want to work for anybody who had never done my job because they would never know how good I was. Mm, yeah. Yeah. They would never be able to see me. Well, let's pick up on well, that, Gail. You've, you've said travel. Yes. Let's let's pick up on that. You said a very key point, and I want to pick up on Roy's journey here because he's done it so well as well. You know, you said you don't want to play in their sandbox. The thing that I see with self-publishing, in the same way that music has a very similar vibe, is that if you can take charge of your marketing, if you can take charge of your destiny, you can do with that book what you want. You can yeah. turn it into an audio book. You can sell it at the back of the room if you're doing speaking gigs. You can do a world tour and sell it in the library of every town in the US. You can do whatever you want because it's your book and you're in charge. So that's the advantage. The disadvantage is that you've got to do it. And so yeah. I want to throw to Roy because yeah, he's that's done That's the good it. news and the bad news. The good news <laughs> and the bad news. So, Roy, can you tell me a little bit about how you've done it from the major advantages point of view? Let's play with the advantages. What are the advantages of self-publishing and how did you do it? Well, I think the biggest advantage is flexibility and especially with time. So, like, you're, you're on your own time scale. And for me, that's usually, you know, I want to move the time scale up, you know, because if you have a traditional book deal, I mean, you're, you're talking usually a year and a half, maybe two years before, you know, you, you know when you start to when you actually get the, the book out there and sometimes longer, you know, and then sometimes, you know, you, you'll get your publisher and then they'll just say, oh, you know, we decided to go in a different direction, you know, and so, you know, you, you know, depending on what your contract is, you may not have something to be able to put out there. Um, so I think working on your own time, whether you want to push it up or you know push it back, that's definitely uh, huge. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably the biggest I would say biggest advantage. And you can you can pivot if you want to. I mean, you could at any point you can say, all right, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this and do that for whatever reason, and that allows you to work with the marketplace to work with whatever's happening yeah. you can be more agile can't you you can be more agile oh, with the marketplace absolutely it's like a small business versus a huge corporation you know right I mean, those small businesses they can be lethal i mean they don't necessarily have that big punch but you know they can maneuver really quickly and you can do the same thing you know if you see that something's happening i mean just look what happened with coronavirus you can say all right you know i'm going to get three books out there in the next three months you know, and I'm going to do this and that, and I'm going to, you know, tweak the genre and do whatever you can. And, you know, a big, you know, publishing house is not going to have that same uh, flexibility. Yeah. Right. Do you want to pick up on this, Joyce? I, I want to honor the fact that Joey is in the call and she's got a couple of uh, questions about the disadvantages yeah. of self-publishing. I've got those questions in mind. I'll come to that when we get to the disadvantage section. But do you want to pick up on what Roy said there, Joyce, and how um, there the really is this agility when you when you do self-publishing what's your, what's your thoughts on that there is and i wanted to say Roy, i can relate um about getting your book out there i had my first book i had a business coach practically dare me to like hey just get it done because i had piddled around with it for you know three years um or three and a half and she's like i had it was about three weeks that's a devotional i was about three weeks in and she's like, just start sending it to your email list and you'll get some feedback. Well, that just made me panic inside thinking, what? <laughs> Send it to them now? It's not pretty. It's not done. And so what I did is I got to like week six as the 12 week devotional and I got to week six and then I started sending them out so that I was ahead. And that way, but it got towards the end where they were reading and going through week nine and I was writing week 10 and so forth. And so on those last couple of weeks, they were right behind me. I had to hoof it. But what it did is it forced me because I, you know, it's out there. People were waiting for it and I didn't want to look stupid and go, ah, 
it's a 12 week thing, but I'm only going to give you seven, <laughs> you know, I yeah. didn't want to do that. So self-imposing those deadlines on yourself by getting it out to the world somehow is very good way to hold yourself accountable, put your feet to the fire. Mm. Yeah, it's a it's a very good process. Uh, look, I, I wanna I wanna keep the conversation moving because we've got a couple of questions from the the non believers, if you like, in the self publishing world. I wanna I wanna honour that Joey's got some comments. I wanna throw those yeah. in and and talk about those. There, are, that's the great thing about live streaming. We have real people in the chat room chatting, and I wanna I wanna um, honour those. So, I I, I self publish, but don't think that's the best. Uh, way to go. What What are your thoughts there about the disadvantages of self publishing? Why Why wouldn't you do it? Do you want to pick up on that, uh, Joyce? Because you've seen both sides yeah. of the coin. Well, I think with what Joey's talking about here is, Joey, you just didn't know the process, and you didn't know probably you needed to have more of an audience built up before you published yeah. that, a bigger email list, those kind of things. And it's, it's something that you can still do, but I, I do highly recommend, I think it's episode 502, I'll double check, um, what Susan Neal did was she, hers, hers was nonfiction. I think, Joey, is yours nonfiction? Let me know in the comments. Um, but what she did is she wrote a magazine article and a guest blog post and looked for, and she did a podcast almost every month that was part of her, that was her marketing plan. Yeah. And that's how she got the word out. That's the thing, Joe, you can't do it just on your own. And that's where a traditional publisher has places to put it. But it's, even if they, at that point, people don't know you, who you are, they might not pick it up unless the title yeah. just really intrigues them. And you've, so you've got to do the marketing yourself. And what I would focus on if I were you, Joey, is we look get the um, writer's market guide and it's nonfiction. Okay, good. Um, get the writer's market guide and look for places where you can get an article published or you or where you can guess blog post or podcast, whatever, you know, your topic is and you write things around your topic. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be exactly about the book but it could be something that's even addition to the book and you get the, the, the interest. And Roy, have, I mean, what have you done to garner interest from your readers? Okay, a lot, but uh, you know, I, going back to what you were saying about professionals, um, I would say that there are professionals who just have to hire them. That's the difference, right? I mean, when you're working with a publishing house, one of the advantages is they have, you know, their stock and trade editors that are experienced in what they do. Uh, and as a self, uh, you know, published author, you have to go out there and find the editors. For me, I always have multiple editors. I have several yeah. layers of editors, right? I always do that. And you, can, you cannot publish a book without having more than one editor, in my opinion, because you need multiple passes. This past book that I put out, this most recent book, uh, Seven Rules of Time Travel, um, I put up ads on Facebook to have beta readers. And so I had 200 beta readers that eventually uh, signed on. And so I sent out all the mm -hmm. books to mm -hmm. beta readers. So these were you know, members of like, you know, the Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Guild you know, on Facebook. And so I, I specifically targeted you know, who was going to you know, sign up as a beta reader. And so I got all this great feedback. And so I made tons of changes. Uh, based on the feedback that I got. And out of the 200, you know, you're not going to get all of them to actually respond. You know, some people just want a free book. But, right. you know, I did get maybe 20 to 30 people that were giving me feedback and people were picking up on different things. And even big publishers are going to miss certain things. Um, and, you know, as a self-published author, then you can revise it even after it's published. And yeah. I did that. You know, even after I had all the passes and editors and proofers, you know, there's always a, a something that slips through, and so you're able to, to pivot quickly and then get that out there and make those changes. And so that's what I did. Even as I'm getting feedback and on reviews from you know books uh, from people that I, they bought, I'm able to say, okay, I see this, and I go in there, and then you know I can make a change. So the thing is, you have to outsource. You have to hire mm -hmm. 
You have to have beta readers. You need as many eyes on your book as you possibly can. And like Joyce was saying, you need a system. It is all about systems. And so throughout the entire writing process, you know, once you get that first draft done, you know, you cut your 10, 20%, like Stephen King says, you know, you, you do your second draft and then you get it out there to your structural editor or whoever editor that you're working with. And then you can start to get um, eyes from readers on there and then you can go and, and make some of the changes. Yeah. Yeah, well, let, let me pick up on what you've just said there, Roy. A couple of things. What, 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 what we, we can see now here that one of the major disadvantages, and I'm thinking Joey, Joey would agree, would agree wholeheartedly with this, is that one of the major disadvantages of self-publishing is there's a lot more work. There's just a lot more work, but you have more control. And I, I really want to pick up on what you did with Medium, this lovely third-party blogging site that is completely... Um, non-aligned to any of the other major sites. It's a blogging site that got the word out really fast for you. Can you tell me how you did that? Yeah, so, you know, I mean, I, I actually, I spent money on a course on blogging before I decided to go to Medium. Um, and after I did the course to get some strategies on, on not, just, not just, you know, marketing, but also improving my writing, um, I, I, I signed up for the mission and the mission you know, it was like a subscription thing on Medium. And so they are they have their own platform on Medium. So instead of me just doing it by myself, I was able to get a broader audience, you know, through Medium. And so that's definitely one of the, you know, superior strategies is, you know, if you're starting with no audience, why do that? <laughs> why do that? Just plug into something else that's already there and, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants, you know, as it were, and, you know, broadcast to a larger audience. And then you can get more subscribers and followers to you. And then you can set up your own, you know, um, you know, mailing list and lead magnet and everything on your own um, medium page. And so that's what I did. You know, I mean, I, I wrote articles uh, that were geared towards the same type of uh, topics that I was covering in the book before I launched the book. Um, I was doing that like maybe six to nine months before. Yeah. You're doing and everything that we teach. You're doing everything we teach. It's brilliant. And we've seen now yeah. here you've got a real five books in the field, audio books, non-fiction books. They're on Amazon. You're doing everything right. It's just very inspiring. It's so inspiring. Yeah. Well, Roy, can you give me – I have heard people talk about Medium. I've been out on Medium. But I've never quite understand, I guess, the power of how it works. Um, can you explain that some more? Um, sure. So, I mean – you know they've recently changed, and I have not as I have not been as active recently uh, um, on Medium as I was before when I was focused on the nonfiction. Uh, but you know they have a subscriber you know list, and they can push you know your articles uh, to people that are on that list. And so when you write an article, you also have the search feature, and uh, the more you get ranked on the search feature, the more your articles will appear. And so you know there's different strategies that you can use to have your your articles show up. And so it kind of like with Amazon, where you're selecting keywords uh, and genre uh, areas, you can do the same thing in Medium by putting tags on your articles. Uh, so, you know, and the tags that are more relevant. And there's a couple of strategies that you can use, you know, like, like using a main, you know, broader tag and then, you know, niching down into some specific ones. Um, you know, then you can, you can kind of, funnel people in into that article and then you just publish more and you get more readership. And one thing that I also did was, you know, as when I did the, um, the course, there were also people that, you know, I networked with and I contacted, you know, I already had a network building up through Twitter. So I reached out to people like Hal Elrod who retweeted my stuff. And, you know, I got like, you know, thousands of shares just off of that one retweet that he posted on his Facebook, um, page, uh, the miracle morning Facebook page. And, um, you know, so you have to network, you have to kind of utilize everything and it all, yeah. it all together, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I, I want to bring. I got a quick you question. Go, you go, no, you go, Joyce. Yeah. So with that, though, um, on, on Medium, are you doing that for your nonfiction or your fiction? Does it work for both? That was for, for nonfiction, right? So I had used other services to try to get an audience for my fiction, like vocal. So I've. I, I've done some uh, like nonfiction shorts 
uh, on other stuff. So, I mean, I'm sure you could use Medium, but for um, me, Medium was more of a nonfiction kind of a thing. Uh, and then there were other, you know, other areas, other sites that, you know, may be more amenable to fiction kind of work. So you just have to kind of tailor it to whatever it is that you're doing. Okay, yeah. that's good to know. That's good to know because that is something that I just haven't ventured out to because I'm going a lot of directions as it is. Yeah. Every the, time the I come out, going out there, I was like, oh, one more thing. <laughs> so, but I it's think good it's to really, know. a really powerful to have many people on the show because I talked to I talked to Roy before the show, and Roy has got a very specific structure with Medium, which is a blog post. He's done the work ahead of time, six to 12 months before the book came out, he was already blogging, building his audience in the writing format because that's what he does. He's a writer and he wants to focus on writing. But I want to bring Gail in here because we have a gig tomorrow for uh, the writers in the California area. Uh, it's a big state, but they're, 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 I can't remember what town the, that particular gig is in. But I want to bring Gail in because we're talking about a totally different strategy, and that is in the new normal, when you cannot travel to an event uh, or may not be able to travel, what are the new paradigms? And so one of the new paradigms is this idea that you can talk directly to your audience through the the idea of live streaming and also through a podcast. So, uh, what what are the main things we're going to cover tomorrow, Gail? And what what are the things that writers really need to be thinking about in the new normal? Well, it's very important to remember that um, it really doesn't matter the format that you're in. Each format that you're in has its own guardrails and has its own uh, holes in the ground that you can step on and break a toe, right? So you have to be very well aware of what they are. I think in a way this whole Zoom culture, and I'm just thinking about this as we're, as we're talking, this whole uh, Zoom culture has completely, in a way, legitimized social media. Because in the case of a, a lot of very successful people, they have been speaking directly to their fans and their yeah. customers yeah. and their, and big business has been talking to their clients for years. What um, Zoom, what this whole Zoom culture has done, I think, is sort of legitimized it. You know, it's like, okay, my son, here you go. You're legitimate now. Um, and, and, and and so, and it one also one of the things it did in being legitimized, it disenchanted it. So it isn't something that's uh, just so creepy, weird, and you want me to sell my book, uh, you know, on my from my laptop and talk to you know, you know, and, and and you don't want me to you want me to do it from my house, you know. Um, Really, what it's doing is it's forcing people to have to kind of go with the flow and let yeah. go of whatever it is they thought it would take to move their message forward. Because I got to tell you something, we don't live in that world anymore. Does that mean we're not going back there? I don't know. Nobody knows. All I know is that we're learning how to live in the now. What this format of the new normal allows us to do within minutes to talk to anybody that wants to talk to us. Yeah. And and the thing about it is it's contingent on the rules from the past. You is you have to understand and appreciate that it is media. It is giant media. Yeah. So you have to play by the rules of the media, sound bites, talking the points. What are you selling? How do you want the world to see you? What would you like your takeaway to be? I talked earlier about your story. You have to be generous with your story because you yes. never know what it's going to say that will resonate in another person. So that's really important. Also, um, you need to know that you are your story and uh, I can't, you, uh, and you got to keep your eyes on the prize. 
Yeah. Well, look, I want to pick up on one thing that we've mentioned a couple of times. In When you're talking about generous with your story, this is a key phrase, generous with your story. You have interviewed some very, very famous people and, and the son of a very famous person who shall remain nameless said, I'm very happy to talk about my new project as the son of someone yes. else, but yes. I don't want to talk about my dad. Yes. Yes. And you said yes. to him, well, and hang on, the only reason I'm talking to you is because you are the son of and that that's where we start the conversation. Without that piece, there's nothing to say. Well, because see, I, without, the thing yes? about that is as a reporter, you have to set the table and you bring this guy in and nobody knows who he is. Why are they going to listen to him? Yeah. And yeah. so they want to hear they want to hear about his dad so that they can find him on their radar so they can buy into your story. Find we story. Yeah. That's right. That's right. You need to get there fast. You need to get there immediately. So it's like good morning Cincinnati. Oh by the way, I'm from Cincinnati. There you go. No kidding. <laughs> what high school did you go to? You gotta get there fast. Because yeah. it's like Columbus planting his flag on the ground for Spain, because then you gotta you gotta put pedal to the metal, get going, because you don't know when they're gonna go. Okay, I'm tired of your story right now. I want to hear somebody else. Because you're talking about sound bites, aren't you? I'm talking about sound bites and talking points. Who are you? The uh, sound uh, sound bites are a uh, brief. Uh, more so about who you are and what you're selling. Yeah. Talking points are the points you will always talk about where you're from, the, the journey of your writing book, and then you choose the right tool for the right time. So, you know, it's listen, when you do any kind of media experience, which is exactly what we're doing right now is a media experience, mm -hmm. I Google you. And if I had known that Roy was here, I would have Googled him as well. And you know why? Because maybe he would have Googled me. And what that's going to do, it's going to collapse the whole thing. We're going to be holding hands and singing Kumbaya in the first 30 seconds. That's yeah. what you want. You want to yeah. get there and you want to get there fast. You want to get there on your own terms. And then you are, then that's where the generosity comes in. It's brilliant. Look, we're, we're coming up to the hour. It's about 10 minutes to the hour, and I, I, we're setting an intention where we do keep the show to an hour. Joyce, do you want to wrap up? And then I'll give the guys one chance to talk about what they are doing and, and how to get uh, contact. Roy has a fantastic free offer that we have to absolutely give him kudos for. So what's uh, what do you think the main points are today that we've talked about, and, and where do we go from here? I think the thing you need to consider with self-publishing is if you're going to do it, be strategic. That's the problem. So many writers go in and they're just kind of, yeah, I'll try this. I might try that. I'll do a book launch and, you know, like it's a smorgasbord. <laughs> and you've got you've to gotta be focused and be strategic strategic with your with what you're going to do because if you're not you're you it's just going to fall flat and that's the yeah. nature of business it is not going to be easy and i really recommend i know a lot of people are so excited when they finish their book give yourself six to nine months after your book's done to make sure even if you've been doing that all along if you've been building your audience Get that momentum going and, and warm them up to it. Give them teasers and whatever it is that you need to build up your audience. But that's when you need mm. to be guest, being a guest on a podcast, being writing articles, finding way other influencers who will support you. I mean, they may be influencers on a small level or they could be major influencers. It depends on what kind of connection you can get with people. Because that that influencer thing, that's what the big piece. And that's something that Tim Grawl teaches. He mm. um, has something called um, Book Launch. Uh, or And Launch a Bestseller is one of his books. And you really 
want influencers because you got to remember you're not a publishing company who has thousands of distribution channels that they can put your book you are just one person and you've got to figure out how are you going to get this book to the masses and yeah. so that's that's the important thing and so just like roy has done and gail has done you have to figure out a way that'll work for you and know it's a process and you can't just go shooting in the dark thinking i've got a book out they're all gonna buy it because they love me but if they don't know who you are they're not so Roy, what would you say um i have a few things like you know i don't be afraid to outsource you have to outsource yes I mean, there's no hands or butts about it don't make your own cover please not do that oh, no, 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 no. somebody else and spend a lot of money a fair amount of money at least a few hundred i always spend close to a thousand bucks on my covers um have somebody else write your blurb for you pay them mm -hmm. 100 200 bucks the cover is number one the blurb is number two more than your book because if, if nobody wants to look at your cover and nobody likes your blurb they're not going to bother to read your book and then the first the first 20 pages of your book so make sure you're you have an extra editor to go over that first 20 pages make sure it grabs their attention make sure it's page turning um, and that will get people to buy your book uh, and if you want them to buy your second book make sure your first first book is great so that, that would be my advice when you're going in there. Make sure you get those pieces done. That's the product side of it. Uh, and you have to have, you have to work with other people. You can't do it all on your own. You can try. Um, but if you really want to set yourself up for success, uh, that's really what you need to do. Um, and I would say make sure you, you start a, a, a list, a newsletter, start building that out. Uh, and that really is... I mean, it's an essential piece. I know a couple of people don't do it, but for the most part, the successful writers out there that sell a lot of books, they have a list. So do some research on how to sell a list and, and get some advice on that. And with that in mind, if that in mind, can you tell us about your free offer? Because this is exactly what you're talking about. There's a free book on your website for the price of an email. You will send the book out in various formats, and then that builds your list so you can send out a weekly newsletter about your story how, how do you do it because you've got a really good example right it's not it's not exactly weekly but i do put out emails periodically uh, for various things um and so royhuff.net uh, i have a link on the top or you can go to royhuff.net forward slash salvation ship uh, either way you'll be able to get there you're, you're typing your email address and then you'll be able to download um the book um, it's a, a space opera short, and um, you can get that for free in whatever format you need. Roy, can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you also have a hard book, or is everything downloadable? This is uh, like the great thing that I'm like going on in my brain right now. Yeah, I got a, I got hardcovers too. So, well, paperback. You know, I did um, for my first three books. I did do actual hardcover books as well through Lightning Source. But the last yeah. few books, I've, I've just used the uh, Create Space format and done the paperback. I could do the extended di distribution and, and do the um, Lightning Source. I think they've changed their name now, but uh, or they were bought out by another company. Uh, yeah. And I may do that. But yeah, I, I always have a physical paperback at least uh, for my books, uh, just because they're you know I mean it's a different market and you, again multiple streams of income and um, libraries. I always donate it to my school library and you know people want to see it and that kind of thing. So yeah. Absolutely. Because I quit doing books, I when I'm speak, there's no speaking gigs, so that's where I sell books. So I've just completely done away with for now because it, life now is all about for now. Um, I'm only yeah. selling books. Yeah. Well, let's pick up on that. I'm going to wrap up now, but let's pick up on what you've just said there, Gail. You you were a, you know for a very long time selling books at physical gigs in the you know in the city and at various places and now we can't do these and tomorrow we're speaking virtually in uh, i think it's redondo beach california the actual location of the conference if it had have taken place and so you now don't have a physical book you only have a download so do you have the link to, that we can share for you on that yeah it's uh it's uh, you can come to my it's gailmurphy.com gailmurphy.com or interview tactics. The name of my book has three titles. 
it's interview tactics, how to survive the media without getting clobbered, the insider's guide to giving a killer interview. Yeah. So have you found that works well just having the online version? What, why did you stop making physical books? Um, I stopped making physical books because um, I just, people didn't want them anymore. And they, in, in, in the milieu of this, they're fine with it. Yeah, at a at a big book fair, they want a book, so I'll order some books. I'll I'll go to Lightning Source and I'll order some books. Okay, well, look, we've we've, we've chatted about it. You want to fish? You got to fish where the fish are. Yeah. I'll, I'll just want to wrap up and give everyone a kudos again. I wanted want to thank Roy specifically for coming in uh, from um, Hawaii. We had a bit of sort of a, a bit of a time challenge getting his schedule to work. So he has two really lovely books, but five in total. And so I really want to honour those two um, stories. I also want to thank Gail for coming in and and for inviting me to speak at this conference, which is tomorrow. So I wanted to thank Roy, I want to thank Gail, and I want to thank Joyce for being my partner in crime here. So I'm going to wrap up. I've got a lovely little thank you video that I found, and I want to uh, thank you all for being part of it. Thank you for the, the questions. Thanks, Joey, for making such wonderful comments. And we'll Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Right Hour. Our goal is to help you achieve your writing dreams. You are one step closer to write your book. Learn how to get the book out of your head with the four steps we teach our clients. Sign up for the free email series at therightcoach.biz. The link is in the show notes. The four steps help you clarify your focus, create and organize your content, and complete your book. We share tips on the writing process, and you can download the writing planner to track your progress. Don't let fear and overwhelm keep you from writing your book. It's time to write your book.